Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Quarterback is the position that gets everybody worked up. We know that. D'Amico Ryans knows that as well. Here was D'Amico Ryans last week. A week ago today at his introductory press conference when asked about the quarterback position with the Texans. We understand we have one quarterback here on our roster, and we have to add more at that position. And we know everybody gets excited about the quarterback. The quarterback is one piece to a team. As I've seen in San Francisco, what happens when you don't have that one guy? Is the season over? Are you just booking it? And No. How do you build around Right, build around that quarterback. Yes, we want a great quarterback, but no, we need a great offensive line to protect the quarterback. We need great running backs, great tight ends, great receivers. We need a great defense, special teams. We all play together, and that's the awesome part about football is it's not on one guy's shoulder to go out there and win the game for us. So it's all about building around right each other right and playing together that's how we'll win games okay so that was D'Amico I think when he was saying we need this we need this we need this he's meaning like a general we like every team needs blah 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 the thing about the Texans is they actually do need all those things right now they, they <laughs> other need than their, all those other right than their right. left tackle they don't yeah. have any of those things right now well uh, and it's it's funny like when you use San Francisco as a model it's it's tough because it's kind of like using New England as a model. It's saying, at the end of the day, what you're saying is, you know what? Be really good at a bunch of stuff um, and then go out and then do that. And I think if San Francisco had had a really good quarterback in any of these last several seasons, a genuinely really good quarterback, they probably would have a couple of Super Bowl championships. So it gets even harder with San Francisco because then you say, okay, well, sure, they've built a great team, and yet – uh, if they hadn't spent all of those draft picks trading for quarterbacks, uh, perhaps they trading for and then using them on a quarterback in the case of Trey Lance, you know, perhaps they'd be even that much better to where a Jimmy Gar- a guy the same caliber as Jimmy Garoppolo might have worked and won a championship. Um, but like, if you look at their roster and all of the studs on offense specifically, since that's you know mostly what we're concerned about here, I think like Debo Samuel's a second rounder. Their their offensive line only has one guy that was drafted by the 49ers in the first round. The rest of the guys were either, you know, second round or later, or in the case of Trent Williams, a free agency signing. Yeah. Or trade, that's right. Yep. Um, the, with very little compensation for the pick. Third right? and a fifth. A, Third yeah, and a fifth, yeah. yeah. Um, He's getting paid yeah. now, though. He's the highest paid in the league, but yes, it was a trade. Yeah, yeah George Kittle was a, a fifth round pick. Yep, yep. You know, Brock Purdy, whatever. McCaffrey would be the one where... McCaffrey would be the one where, okay, you paid a heavy price for him by running back standards, and yet that was uh, the key to the key to really turning them into what they were in the absolutely, and the probably the key to making Brock Purdy look as good as he looked. You know, yeah. like so that so yes, they've done it. It's a great point. They, it's, they just haven't thrown a bunch of first round picks at the problem. Nick Bosa is really the only super high pick on their team. 
that they drafted and they developed and he's their guy. Other than that, they're the they're the gold standard in player development right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're linebackers, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. They were a third rounder and a fifth rounder. Yep. Um, they've, they've done a, a really good job with player development. Yep. And that's where I think that's probably what, when we talk about Nick Casario vibing with D'Amico Ryans, I think that was probably something that really appealed to Nick because Nick will always constantly stress like, hey, it's not just the draft. Yeah. It's multiple areas. It's, you know, it's, it's 20 different areas of player development, the draft, free agency, all these things. Um, and I think that D'Amico feels very much the same way. How worried are you about the Texans getting leapfrogged for the number? Forget about what team it could be. Just in general, what's your worry level that somebody's going to leapfrog the Texans to take Bryce Young is the guy that most people want right now. What's, what's yeah. your level of fear that the Texans get leapfrogged and they swipe the guy that, that you want, that we all want for the Texans? It's, it's more of a fear of – it's like a fear of a narrative more than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a fear that – it's a fear that somehow the Colts do just have a lucky horseshoe jammed up their butts and that if they end up being able to get the number one overall pick and take a quarterback, it's going to be a guy who's as good as Peyton Manning or potentially Andrew Luck, whatever. However you want to frame Andrew Luck's career, yeah. he was a, a damn good quarterback. And um, But as far as like my commitment to either of those guys, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, I don't feel – overly excited about either of those guys. So it's it'd be a wait and see. Yeah. I'd love to I'd love to act like it's going to be the most cataclysmic disaster ever, but I just I've got enough reservations about those guys that I could see I could see both of them being really good in the NFL. I could both of them see see both of them being disappointments. I was talking this through yesterday where I where a lot of my ideas and a lot of my pondering of life happens, Seth. On the front porch at Lizard's Pub over in yes. uh, over off of Westheimer, I was talking to my buddy nice. Ivan there yesterday, season ticket holder, great dude, and we're kind of talking through this Bryce Young thing. And in talking it through, I'm way less worried now about the Texans getting leapfrogged by anybody other than the Colts, if you want to know the truth, because any any sort of move back for the Bears is going to be a flip-flop of first-round picks. I think this is a draft that has a clear right now Top two non-quarterbacks, the clear top two non-quarterbacks in this draft, as of now, there's still time, are Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, and Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. The Bears have already said we're going to roll with Justin Fields, so we know they're probably not taking a quarterback, and to me, the teams that would be in the market to move up would be the Texans at two, the Colts at four. Then you start to get to maybe Seattle at five, maybe, but they're going to re-sign Geno Smith, um, it looks like. Las Vegas at seven, definitely a candidate to move up. Uh, Carolina at nine, the Jets at 13. Tennessee's talking about wanting to move up there at 11. Once you get to Las Vegas at seven, once you get to Seattle at five even, if you're Chicago, you're going, okay, we might be falling out of the range where we're going to get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Yeah. I think if you're a Texan fan, what you're hoping for these next few weeks and couple of months is that Jalen Carter and Will Anderson really separate themselves from the pack like they are perceived to be right now. If that were the case, then Chicago might almost view moving back to four as a risk. Because if, let's say, Indy moves up to one from four and they get Bryce Young, if the Texans look at it and go, okay, well, we're not in love with C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. We'll just take Jalen Carter. And then Arizona yeah. goes, cool, we'll take Will Anderson. Well, now you're Chicago and you're sitting at four and neither of those guys are there. You know what I mean? You move back to four and now you're probably taking a guy who's a reach at four 
if those two guys, Carter and Anderson, are as good as everybody thinks they are. So I I am way less scared about teams moving up, and I'm even less scared after talking it through yesterday about the Colts moving up if Chicago falls in love with one of those two defensive players. I would be if they fall in love with them, you got to be nervous about moving back to even number four in the draft if you're Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing is, okay, what strategy do the Texans take this year? Where I, it, People are starting to wring their hands a little bit about the fact that they haven't hired an offensive or defensive coordinator yet. There have been more, at least openly, publicly interviews with defensive guys as of late than offensive guys. That's true. I, you know, I, just, I, I think that um, perhaps Slowick is the guy and they're just taking their time administratively with it or working through contract details or something. The, the fact that there hasn't been any chatter at all just makes me feel like that might be the case. And uh, so I'm not as concerned about that. I do wonder what, like, if the Bears, if the Bears, excuse me, if the Texans followed the same strategy that the Bears did when Lovey Smith was their new head coach, defensive-minded guy comes in, they draft two defensive tackles first, Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson, um, before they end up taking a wide receiver in the third. It was Lovey's first, Lovey's first year was 2004, right? 2004, yep, sure was. Yeah. Um, and they ended up making some turnarounds pretty rapidly in those first two years on defense, and yet they never got around to actually getting a worthwhile offense while Lovey Smith was yeah, they there. Yeah, ro- they were rolling people- with Rex Grossman that whole time. Yeah, so if the, if the Texans stock up on defense and, and they end up having a good defense this year, a credible defense, maybe they win some games, and yet offensively they're just still kind of lackluster and boring – What's the trust level going to be in D'Amico Ryan's going into 2024? Do you think um, people are going to be is – it, is it going to be a lot of just like, all right, that's cool and all, but we figured you could probably do this. It's the offense and the quarterback that we want to see. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I'm, I think, honestly, well, do, look, D'Amico's going to have more rope than any other head first-year head coach would, so let's start there. He's, he's yeah. going to – if it were Jonathan Gannon doing this, there would be a degree of – angst over that so I think D'Amico's gonna he'll have a soft landing on stuff like that honestly if they win eight or nine games Seth I think people will be happy they're winning games again it's been so bad these last yeah. few years I think it'd be okay if they won eight, you know what you're right if the eight or nine games I think there'll still be skepticism over like okay yeah but you can't we can't turn into the Bears that could have been a great team but just never developed an offense we can't rely on Kyle Orton to be our hero if they draft the equivalent of Kyle Orton in 2024, people are really going to start freaking out. Here's what's changed. Here's what's changed the last few years, and we saw, we saw two Super Bowl champions recently do this, is that you had teams, Tampa Bay in 2020, Los Angeles, the Rams in 2021, that had built good enough rosters that veteran quarterbacks on flailing teams were willing to go there. Tom Brady in free agency to the Bucks, Matthew Stafford in a trade to the Rams. That's a market that didn't really exist until like four or five years ago to where to where the veteran Pro Bowl caliber quarterback looking to latch onto a team towards the end of his career that could win a Super Bowl. That dynamic wasn't really there in the NFL four or five years ago. It's a much more fluid market these days to go actually get a good quarterback. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, some people would say you're going to go win eight or nine games and you're going to play yourself right out of the range of the draft where you can go get your future quarterback, which is a bit of a myth, as you and I have pointed out. But that's what people will be saying. But this new market with veteran quarterbacks going to teams that are a quarterback away, that's an yeah. avenue, you know? And, and I think a year ago, people would have said, Who's, who the hell is ever going to want to go to the Texans? 
I think D'Amico Ryan's changes that calculus on the perception yeah. of this franchise moving forward. Yeah, I think you're. That's a big point, and I think that's a victory that you get right now. That perhaps, like um, Sean, I know you saw this uh, very heartfelt and emotional open letter that Trevor Lawrence wrote to the people of Jacksonville. Yeah, in the players, I Tribune. liked it so much I um, printed it. <laughs> he said. Uh, he said, one of the things I remember from last season is thinking, how will we ever get guys to want to come here, to stay here, or even come here? It's only a year ago that I was worried about that. And now what I hear is guys talking about how this is a family. I hear guys talking like they know this is one of the best organizations in football and they wouldn't want to be anywhere else, like we're building something here for the long haul. And stuff like that, man, it feels good. Makes me feel really proud to be a Jaguar. So... I, I do think, like, look, one playoff appearance does a lot for a team. Trevor Lawrence being your quarterback helps a lot, obviously. And, I, yeah, I think that, I think that there, the Texans' narrative in terms of luring free agents or retaining players has flipped way more quickly than I think we probably thought it would. Yeah. Part of that, too, is the fact that Laramie Tunsil might be one of your biggest barkers, like, in terms of... He's like a news, uh, like one of those uh, like old time newsboys out on the corner, uh, waving the paper, telling everybody the to to, to to breaking news that the Texans are a destination. It's a cool place to be now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you He's read got the- one of those stupid little hats on and everything? <laughs> hey, extra, yeah, suspenders, extra, suspenders. Read yeah. all about it. <laughs> hey, have you heard? The Texans are a good football team. Extra, extra. Um, did you read that What's entire? The matter, Mr. Can't afford a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you read this entire Trevor Lawrence letter to Jacksonville? I read the whole thing. I skimmed the whole thing. Yeah, I read I it. I, I don't I, mean to brag, but I, I skimmed it. No, yeah, no. I, I I I work a little slower. I actually read the whole thing. I, I, can I ask you something about you? You played in Jacksonville for five years. So yeah. he says this at the end of the letter. He says so Duval. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking with us, for believing in us. We couldn't have done it without you. That playoff win, that feeling, I want that forever. I promise it was just the beginning, and I promise that where these last two teams are going, Eagles and the Chiefs, that's where we're planning on going. Then he says, last sentence of the letter, it was always the Jags. Signed Trevor. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That's not a – okay, so there's not some saying Jacksonville has where it was always the Jags. Like, what what does that mean? No, it feels like it's lifted from a movie or – yeah, it was like it was. Isn't that like the last line of a movie or something? It was you. It was always you. Did he say something at the beginning that that's referring back to? Because these are these are ghost written by professional writers. Um, on the well, bite uh, your the tongue, the man. The man just so he's, for, he's penning honey here. He's, he's it's unbelievable. For, for, for him to finish it that way, I'm guessing it's a callback to something earlier in the article. The okay. way uh, one of these professional okay. writers, one of these English yeah, would yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. It was always yeah. the Jags. Not, I mean, this letter reads like the end of a rom com. It was like a, you know, like a, it was like Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson climbing on a motorcycle together at the end of How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Like it was always the Jags. You know, and then they speed off over some bridge on a motorcycle. To Trevor yeah. Lawrence and Doug Peterson hopping on a motorcycle with each other. You know, there was uh, there was a Hallmark Channel movie called "It Was Always You." Oh, okay. okay. So, well, this is this weird. Guy, then this, this is guy super weird. The, this guy writing for the Players Tribune probably pretty much plagiarized this whole thing off yes. of some Hallmark movie. Slapped Trevor Lawrence and his Honest. stupid golden yeah. locks in there, and dude. Yeah. Between this and the flowing locks, I don't know, man, Trevor. This ain't a great look. It was always this sounds the Jags. a lot like the Jaguars. Actually, this is um, this is. Uh, so let's see, Tyler, Tyler Hines. What are you What are you looking at? The cast Aaron of that movie, Aaron Krakow. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. It's a typical Hallmark movie, but with a twist. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like the Jags. You're right. Yeah. The There's twist. a lot of things to love about this movie in addition to the chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Trevor talks about that a lot in this letter. The chemistry with him and Peterson, the chemistry with him and his teammates. He talked about going to Christian Kirk's house after the Detroit loss. Him and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones were there just looking at each other in shock about how crappy they were that day. And that, Seth, was a turning point for the football team. They went to Waffle House. What do we have? Uh, I mean, we have Waffle Houses in Houston, but where, where should our guys go? I guess House of Pies maybe would be the one if you want to localize it a little House bit more. House of Pies. After a playoff game, after a playoff victory or making the playoffs, we need our guys to, to, to take some of the guys who have never been to House of Pies out to House Velvet of Pies. Velvet Taco? That's where you oh, and yeah. I went one day. Yeah. Seth and I went there one time. A bunch of us went out to dinner, and then Seth and I went to Velvet Taco afterwards. The problem with Velvet Taco is that that's a little bit more uh, high rent than it, it, yeah. if you're, you're trying to find a Waffle House equivalent. You know? with the, you're, yeah, you're trying to find where the, where the average fan hangs out all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you're right. You're right. But the tacos are really, really good. No, they're really good. But yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, the, the, you're just edging back up towards like, hey, where should a bunch of rich people go to celebrate something? Yeah, no, you're you right. Know? Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah. I've, I've been exposed again. Where yesterday. You're been, I'll tell you what, Sean. We got to get you. You know what? You need this right. trip to Guatemala, not for the darkness retreat like Aaron Rodgers is going to do. For the poverty? But just, no, you, yeah, you need to go down and live like a real person for a while. I know. You were, a, you were aghast the other day that more people didn't have iPhones than they do. Um, you, um, uh, yeah, we need to go, you need to go down bro, and work as a busboy at some uh, touristy, rest, uh, touristy hotel in Guatemala. tried to steal my truck out of our garage. Okay? <laughs> I'm basically living in Thunderdome right now. <laughs> my truck is in the shop because my anti-theft thing kicked in on it. So the good folks at West Point Buick GMC are fixing it right now. Sean lives in a post-apocalyptic nightmare. I of do. A scenario. There's zombies walking around. The thieves in our parking lot. It's just <laughs> yes. Some days the con- some days there's only one concierge on duty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Take the truck. <laughs> where should they go? Where should these guys go? Where it's more you know blue collar. Ruth's Chris, I guess. I yeah. don't know. It's a chain steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Chain is that where poor cuts. people go? Do they eat at Ruth's Chris? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I, I don't I go there. Yeah. I just have, I have everything catered in these days. I don't, I don't yeah. go there. Yeah, I don't go there. So take the mints from uh, Vic and Anthony's and pop them in my mouth. Right? Yeah, Such a jerk. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on a... Uh, uh, on a on a Thursday, let me point out too. That's I what point, the working folks call it. This 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 segment started out with me pointing out that I came up with these ideas while sitting at the deck of a dive bar yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I, I want to point that out. I'm easily. I feel found. like that's a pricey piece of real estate, right? It there, is a pricey piece bar. of real estate, but it's not reflected in the drink prices. I will tell yeah. you that. Um, hey, we are um, we're going to be at Twin Peaks. That's a good place, I would say. Um, this afternoon, the drive is going to be there from two to six. And then me and John McClain are going to join them for a roundtable for the big game from 5 to 6, um, reliving some of the best big game memories. John McClain's got that department uh, loaded up. And we'll answer all your biggest football questions. So it's going to be very interactive. We'll have autographed Texans gear to give away during the show. A signed Brandon Cook's ball. That'll be interesting. A signed Derek Stingley Jr. helmet. Now that's good stuff right there. Uh, come be part of the roundtable and party with us. 5 to 6, Twin Peaks, Kirby and 59 today. Um, up next... Uh, if the Texans are looking to carve out some space to go make some moves, who are the most likely um, casualties 
in a cap cut. We'll do the offensive side of the ball. We'll talk about that next. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 